0: This episode almost didn't happen. You know why? Because I almost messed up the countdown. We, we did why? three, two, one, and I did it wrong. <laughs>
1: That's... No, you did it perfect. You were you were absolutely delightful. I loved it. It went three, and then it stopped for about five seconds, <laughs> right. and then it goes uh, three. Two, yeah, I, was like, I was like, wait, am I actually <laughs> counting the first down? I- You're like, yeah, I thought you were doing it. So... That was yeah. I get, I get really excited. You tell me to go. I am on. You tell me go. I'm I'm sprinting, and by sprinting, I mean sitting at a desk in a hotel right. room in New York City, hyped up
0: on way too much coffee at 11 p.m. on a uh, on
1: an East Coast time zone night. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty chaotic. I'm over here. We have a big event starting tomorrow and Thursday. I'll literally be in. I will be almost home in Seattle in 24 hours. By the time that this is out and people are listening, I will be back home in Seattle. I, I got a conference tomorrow, our Connect conference. It's really crazy. I have. Yeah,
0: yeah. Tell I'm us Because
1: three different times. You and times. I
0: have been texting all day about this, this East Coast trip and the things they've been piling on your plate in New York. So tell everybody why this episode almost didn't happen and what, what, what craziness Microsoft has you up to now.
1: <laughs> they always do it's really you every think it fall we somebody do this, who controls uh, your
0: schedule is listening to our podcast and seeing if they can raise the stakes to the point where we'll miss a week but nay instead danny gets the kids down he's recording at 9 30 on the west coast you're making it happen late night so take that microsoft schedule person who tried to stop this episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah everyone's like so are you coming into the room or are you going to come back to the rehearsal stuff I go no I got a podcast to do they're like oh you're they like you're crazy yeah. I was like man I'm not missing a week I even so I'm in New York we have our big developer fall event we do it every year and uh, I got a lot going on I got Two parts of a keynote and talking about some Xamarin stuff and talking about some DevOps stuff. And then I have a general session with my main man, Nat, who is our uh, CEO and co founder of Xamarin uh, when I join, which is going to be delightful. And then I have to fly back right after I'm done with Nat's session to Seattle because I have a live stream full hour long session by myself in Redmond on main campus on Thursday, which is bananas. Uh, So I texted you and I said, I don't know, Danny, I got this time slot. And you're like, no, I'm Twitch famous. So, you know, I got to. Be all twitchy and chessy, and I'm an international, you know, master. I don't know if you know. Uh, I got important stuff to do, but you know, I got time for you, Monty. And I was like, oh, I'm so humbled. I'm so gracious. <laughs> yep. I miss you. I just want to snuggle up in That's your right. arms and get checkmated. And um, and um, yeah, so we're making it happen. I'm real excited. So the kids are asleep. The kids are done. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, they're out there. Actually, uh, the the younger ones are nash uh, because we we just came directly from. Nash's uh, parks and rec basketball game where I am the coach of Nash's basketball team. We just came directly from our first loss ever as a team. We suffered our one and only defeat in this season tonight. Um, and, uh, we, we came directly from that. Nash and I rolled in the house at about 840. And so he's actually working on his homework because he's in that big seventh grade middle school with some, some honors classes. So he's actually has real homework. Like he's already got to the point where, like, I look at it and I'm like, uh, and, you know, luckily my wife <laughs> I is, I don't know what that is. My wife is a yeah. book smart, trained genius and remembers school, you know, just remembers everything. Like, Um. you know, anyway, so we just came back from that. So Nash is actually downstairs doing his homework. I'm up in my office, my home office, doing this here. And on that note, we lost our first game tonight. It was rough. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's it's 7th and 8th grade Parks and Rec. And all these kids know each other. You know, we're kind of in a small town and um, and we've won five games in a row. So everything is like pointing toward Danny, don't be too hard on yourself when you lose this game. And I was like so upset that we lost. I was like, what did I do wrong as a coach? Like we won our first five games. We were 5-0. and we lost this game, and I feel like I totally screwed up the rotations. I felt like the kids were out of rhythm; they were out of sync on the court, and it was because I was, you know, one of the things about Parks and Rec sports that's difficult. If I could just kind of wrap uh, with you here and complain as a parent, is they had yeah, these I'm requirements. Right. Hit me, because I don't, I don't know. If they it's had been these a while. silly. Re- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's been a while since you coached your son uh, in uh, in Parks and Rec, right?
1: Yeah, it's been a, it's. It's been it's been quite a long time since I coached uh, my two or three (laughs) sons in in, in basketball and baseball and football. Right. And
0: And so we but here's the requirement. The requirement is you have to play all the kids like the same amount of time. And it never really happens because you have your better players who you're kind of trying to leave on the court as much as you can um and and so am i kind of blaming this requirement that i wasn't able to dig us out of a hole when it was clear that we wouldn't we weren't having our best game right we were making some turnovers the kids were missing shots it was like okay this is this is kind of not our best night we needed to wake up a little bit and i was i was you know i switched up our defense and we got back in the game we were only down by four after being down by 10 then we actually took the lead and i'm like okay we're gonna come back and win this game here comes six and0 oh, right and, and so danny's got his big ego as a coach and then it all came crashing down like our kids were just totally out of rhythm, um, and we just got killed in the fourth quarter. Ended up losing by five or six, so it was it was tough. So I'm I'm you're literally talking to a Danny who is still I'm still spinning in my brain right now about what I did wrong and kind of reeling from my first loss at, in a Parks and Rec league. Um, I'm no longer undefeated as a Parks and Rec middle school basketball coach. So I'm gonna lick my wounds all night. Oh, no,
1: you you can't. <laughs> You cannot put that on your LinkedIn page anymore. You're officially yep. defeated. And you sound a little you sound a little defeated, but I want to pick you up a little bit because to be honest, I think it's amazing thing. If you think about it, you're Danny Ranch, you're an international chess master with four amazing, lovely children with an amazing partner in life. You have your own place up there, in I don't know, wherever you're at, and somewhere in Arizona, and you're coaching your kids. I, I don't even have time like brush my teeth half the time i forget i'm like oh i gotta go to bed bag- oh. like i literally the, this at the last month's last week's episode came out like seven hours late because i didn't i was like oh i forgot to record the podcast i can't even keep myself together but you're doing all of this and you're doing a podcast and you're making great coffee and you're gonna see me in a week and a half okay are you let's talk
0: about that um thank you for help- helping me feel better and you are coming back to the the motherland the mothership for thanksgiving um and you're bringing the one and only Miss
1: Heather. Is that correct? That is correct. So, so Heather has already okay. met Mom. Yeah, she has already met. Um, I think. I mean, definitely Luke and Dinah. I don't think she met all of the sisters of the I family. Don't, don't, we have a big, we got a big Shauna? family. I don't know if you
0: know. I was. She
1: probably met Shauna. I
0: think she. Yeah, that's did right, because Where was I? I, I was in the Dominican. Shauna. Were you here when I was? This was a couple of months ago. It was during like where was I? I was traveling and I and Sha- but you met Shauna even though I was gone.
1: Yeah, I don't even because I got oh, coffee. We you came left in because Heather was selling her place. Yeah, I did leave you coffee. That's cr- yeah. I don't even know where you were. Oh wait, yeah, I don't know where you were. You were somewhere. No, you were there. You had come down, but I missed you. That's okay. what had happened. I had missed you, and you had to like go some go back. Or whatever. But anyways, we're coming down. Yeah, Heather coming, and she's we're having a huge feast of Thanksgiving food in our face hole. We should do a live podcast. That'd be fun. Um, no, we could but, have a, tor- a turkey podcast but, uh, where,
0: like, you, th- try to, you try to podcast while you eat. No, it's always a bad idea, by the way. I've learned that even when I think it's funny that I'm eating on camera, people hate it. Just FYI. Like, people on, like, Twitch hate when you do anything besides, like, do the show. And so don't eat
1: on camera. That's a pro tip. Yeah, they're there for, they're there for you to do what you do, not for you to eat or use the bathroom, Danny. (laughs) Um, No, but we're coming down. I'm very, I'm very excited. We are coming in. We're spending a few nights. Uh, We're actually going to go to Portland afterward. We usually do Portland, uh, you know, a little uh, weekend trip uh, from from Seattle, Phoenix, Portland, driving back to Seattle. It should be lovely. But we're real excited because, you know, Heather has met the family, met mom, you know, and, and she feels like she's right. part of the family. When we left, she's like, "I can, I now understand why, why you she's feel like, the I way you do." when you talk about it, exactly. But when you when you are in it, you're just like she like, this, didn't want to say it. She's more. like, "This so whole she, time like, it's been like,
0: weird, just how attached you are to Danny and Luke's family." But now, now I get it. So I'm I'm really glad you brought up Heather because now I want to share my story. This I've been waiting to tell this story all week, okay? Because it's that time of the year, okay? And uh, I that sounded that sounded a little weird where am i going with this so it's that time of the year and um that time of the year where i i regularly I never knew that this was why I feel so connected with Heather, having not met her, but talking with you about, about your problem, uh, with, with online shopping and the Amazon boxes that she deals with in your, both in your absence and in your stay when, when she's just like, you know, what is going on here? Right. And you being impossible to shop for. So this is that time of the year where we're preparing for the holidays and my wife is very big on being uh ahead of the game. And I love that about her. She's a prophylactic mm-hmm. pro- prophylactic minded chess player. You know, she's always thinking about the future, very defensive minded in the sense that she's going to take care of all of our weaknesses and all the kids are going to get exactly what they need come you know what, right? And so she's taking care of all this business mm-hmm. and every day when I go get the mail, it's like it's like I'm being bombarded with with mozz's with mozz's previous night on Amazon. You know, and I'm, I walk in, I walked in, I walked in like two days ago and there were like 11 boxes. And I was like, what? And it was, it had only been like two days. And I was like, what has happened here? Like, what is she doing? Right. But the thing is the way Amazon prime works, they don't care about, they're not trying to combine the boxes. So it's not even like she's going crazy or overspending or whatever it's just that it, when you can prime everything you put it this way when you can prime anything you end up priming everything right you see that how i did that little play on words when you can prime anything you just prime everything <laughs> And, and so that's that's the world I'm living in now. You, and t- and I, I felt, I swear to God, I was loading up the car with these boxes and I was like, this is how Heather feels in dealing with mots. I have no idea what's in any of these boxes. It's my responsibility to gather them and organize them, right? This is, I, I, and all of a sudden, it was like it hit me and
1: I knew. <laughs> it's true, it's it's true. It's like, and also, like, I, I mean, Shauna probably doesn't even know what's in half of them, right? And, and that's what Amazon does. You order all this stuff and, and you order five things, and it'll come in like eighteen packages, and you're like, "Well, I oh, this one just has air in it. I don't understand what they're doing." But um, that's that's pr- it's pretty epic. It's very true. And actually, I I will tell you a little secret. We'll keep this between the boys on the podcast here, me and you. Uh, so we get emails whenever a package arrives at our apartment. Uh, complex, which is kind of cool. So they, they log it in and it goes onto a board, but you know, Heather doesn't like check the board every day, but it's gotten to the point where I will not tell her that uh, a package has arrived. Cause in the past, I'd be like, Oh, I need to go get this thing. Right. But now I don't even want to, I don't even want to, you know, if she, if she stumbles upon it. Then that's okay, but I'm not going to intentionally throw myself right. out there because when I get home on Thursday, there's going to be like 18 packages, and she's like James, all right, sorry. you know, that's basically well, it's basically it's, it's what Shauna has but. to
0: do this time of year. You know, she's she's shopping for other people. We were shopping for Nash's birthday, shopping for you know all of all of our massive friends and family, which you you know about. You're you're a part of the crew, so it's just. It's just – it's overwhelming at times to be Heather and Danny. I just want you and Shauna to know what it's like to be Heather and Danny. That's all. It, and it's overwhelming at times managing I do, what you're doing.
1: I – I you know, I made I made a pact with, with Heather. I said, come the beginning of November, I'm not going to buy anything. It's not my fault if I had pre-ordered something and it <laughs> right, shows Right, or if off. I, I kick something <laughs> and it happens
0: to just be ready around that time. Right. Exactly. see you you would get away with I told, that excuse I told that if was very... I was Heather I would let you get away with that excuse if it wasn't like all the time it's like if you're if you're kickstarting things year round it like it never ends so it, it is
1: constant it's constant because you know it could be two because two it could be like two years ago I'm like, I don't remember right. kickstarting this thing but you know it, it totally happened um but I'm always kickstarting something. I can't. I just can't help myself. No, I it's, actually, I actually really like, like that. Like, I um, feel like I wish I
0: was more um, in the in the Kickstarter mindset because I get really excited when I'm, you know, I'm a part of one, even just through extension. Like when you tell me about, you know, the Kickstarters that you're investing in or the things that you're playing around with, I feel like I'm a part of it, and I'm like, ooh, because it's like it's like everybody is, you know, uh, a venture capitalist, right? Except without, you know, without the. Uh, Without the snobbishness, you know, everyone has an opportunity to kind of throw
1: their funding at a new a potential unicorn, you know? And I love that. Um I like to I like to be the I like to be the one that's out there kind of experimenting, throwing throwing some money here and there, and then when it works out, like there's something I really so, like. So I another like I word, then you're, you're like the Elon, like there's, the there's Elon Musk of Kickstarter.
0: You're just like you're throwing it everywhere. Some some, some of it's gonna stick. Right. Some of it's going to be like, oh, well, Elon Musk is doing it. So I should invest in it, too. So MOTS is like the Elon Musk of
1: Kickstarter. I I think so. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny because... Cause what we do at, at this time of year, we have a Google keep like document that's, it's, it's like a Google keep is like a note taking app from Google and you can share it with your, your, your loved ones or friends or whoever, anything. And we have a little checklist of gifts and names of family members and friends that we want to get stuff for. And half of them are Kickstarter projects that I got this year that I'm going to buy again. Obviously, not just re gift my Kickstarter, but buy again. And then, uh, and then gift because I was like, Oh, I, I tried it. I'm the one that's right doing the due diligence, putting it out there there see the good ones that stick and i'm like oh you're gonna need this in your life and um and you didn't even have to wait until christmas not, to no, make that you, happen. Yeah, i just felt hit like me, i needed you hit me
0: hard with some you know, of that some of that december coffee dripper love which by the way like I'm just so glad I got that off my chest about what I was nervous about about it last week when we, you know, we brought out the issues with it. And I'm so, cause you brought up, like you said, they're, they're fixing the problem. And I, and I've used it several more times. It really doesn't affect it. Like, and I'm, you know, you know me, I'm growing into a coffee snob at this point. Yeah, I'm pretending bad. to be like, I really even care. I just noticed it when I'm using it. I'm like, Hey, like. That's kind of overflowing there around the rim. That's not right, you know. But uh, it doesn't really affect the taste of the coffee. I dove into my French roast that you got me, the 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 package you shipped me directly. Ooh, B- how was that? Alicioso, Dora, which I know is inappropriate. It's not Spanish. It's French. But uh, since I don't know how to say delicious in, in, in French, I said delicioso.
1: But you get it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's good. I, I, I agree. I think that... I was, so I was down in Chile and the last, the last thing in Chile was a commerce called StarsConf and they actually had a really great uh, coffee setup. They had a local roastery there and they were doing uh pour over, they had uh, drip, they had um, uh, Chemex going on. And I had like a great conversation uh, with, with some of their you know baristas that were like hanging out and doing all this stuff. And I was telling them about the December coffee dripper because they were like, oh, I'm kind of getting sick of this, this and that. And I was like, yeah, I really like this design. and And my buddy really likes it too. And I go, it's not perfect, but I think they're going to, you know, I think they're going to fix it. And I think that's okay. I think that you know, just like anything, you can't be perfect. You know, I think I know you're down still about this 1 in right. 5 record. Or uh, <laughs> well, 5 and 1, sorry now. Yeah, 5 and say, 1. I was I was thinking yeah, of my yeah, brand. Yeah, you were, you were of, confusing of me with every 25. Cleveland team currently. So
0: uh, no, just kidding. It's just oh. the Browns. In fact, you got you and Cleveland, you guys have been playing this like, oh, we're such at a beaten down sports city for too long now. Now you've gotten LeBron. The Cavs have won a championship. The Indians are phenomenal and they're like darlings. Close. I mean, everybody loves yeah. the Indians. Um, so I just, I, I just don't want to hear it anymore. Like, you know, I get it. It's like Cleveland. The But the Browns, by the way, are constantly turning heads with, like, you never hear people in the sports world be like, wow, is that – did they really just do that again? Right? The Browns are just – that's great. That is – you guys do – you can't hold on to the Browns as far as being an abused and beaten down sports city. So –
1: I don't know. I think we, I think that's the thing is we can, cause I go and I talk in a lot of cities and I remember when, uh, the Seahawks were doing amazing and I would, there was one where we were playing like Denver and like, we had just beat them. And like, it was the day after. And like one of my slides, like I'm from Seattle, blah, blah. And they're like, boo. And I was like, I'm like, Oh, don't worry. I'm originally oh, from yeah. Cleveland. And they are like Oh, okay. You're <laughs> oh, fine. You're, you're fine. Cool you, no. you pass. No, they're but, like,
0: we can't ever be mad at you about a single sports yeah, thing ever it's, again. So yeah, it's, it's. Exactly.
1: Like, oh, you're cool with us, bro. You're yeah, cool with us. So.
0: so Anyway, I just want but. to say again that I am really enjoying the coffee. And I wonder if it's something – keeping the subject on coffee here for a minute, given the given that that is a major theme of our podcast. I, I need to adjust my hand grinder settings. So, first of all, I, I've grown – the hand grinder has grown on me to the point where now I have, you know, the amazing electric, you know – fine, fine grind, uh, you know, uh, tool that Luke got me that we linked a couple shows ago and I hardly use it. I use the hand grinder because Mm -hmm. I actually really enjoy, I wake up, like I get my core tight. I stand there with my shirt off and, and I just, you know, (laughs) I use both the left and the right. I'm ambidextrous in my grinding. Um, and and then i but here's the thing <laughs> so when i dump when i dump the coffee into the you know i've i've already kind of poured the pour over in my in my single filter over the december coffee dripper i dump the water out everything's ready to go when i start when i start pouring every one of my my cups ends up being like an espresso sort of uh, bloom right like it blooms a little bit and then i end up having this like espresso sort of frothiness over over the the pour over like every time like more than i ever remember having when luke and i were making coffee together for so long in the office and i wonder if that's the like the the fine the fineness that i'm grinding the beans with because i've really got it on a real fine setting it takes me a while to grind the bleep out of those beans you know me and the beans are freaking going at it right and i win the battle every time and um so what is your advice on that is it is it the is it the like the way I'm grinding the beans that's creating the frothiness espresso? Or is that like, you know, just the type of coffee I'm using or what? Spread your knowledge on me.
1: Well, so, you know, it's a, that's a great question. And it really depends on the bean. The grind has some impact, right? So the the frothiness of it, like essentially when I think of the blooming, I think of this nice kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like an aura that sits on top of the right. coffee as you're pouring it in. This is like a beautiful color, you know, because you don't want to just see through it and have it drip through. You want it to be incorporated in the entire brew process. And, you know, the problem is if you grind it too fine for a filter, then it's going to clog the filter and it's going to take a long time to brew, which means I, I was having it's that be a lot yeah. stronger coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah and so i you know i think when you're doing a pour over you want a medium grind and that that was my problem always with the hand grinders is i felt like i didn't have as much control or even though you do but i didn't feel like i had as much control over it so you definitely want a medium grind on that puppy you know unless you're making espresso Or using an Aeropress or an espresso machine, you never want it to be that fine because it'll clog up the filter. It's not going to give you the the balance that you want throughout. And I think, yeah, it's it's, I think because a lot of what's happening is it's so fine, it's just sucking up all all the water in in a way. So I would definitely start adjusting. So open it up a little
0: bit. Don't need to. I I feel like I had this mindset where the fine, like you could never go wrong with how fine it was going to be, right? That it was just a matter of how much I was willing to work for it, and if it took another fifteen to 20 grind turns, I was willing to put in the work with my shirt off and my core tight, you know, in the squat stance and uh, really, really just go at it. And so, so, I'm learning that it's not just about how fine the grind is, it's the it's what 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 kind of grind I'm going for. Speaking of the word grind, by the way, since I've way overused the term, let's talk about how Mott's is getting grinded down in chess, because I'm actually looking at one of your games right now <laughs> against Mr. Johnny Blunder. Oh, no. And he might be on the pace to grind you down in a king and rook versus king and knight ending, which, by the way, is supposed to be a theoretical draw, but I think if you don't find the right moves here, you could really screw this thing up real quick.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been putting out challenges on Coffeehouse Blunders to f- our fellow listeners. And um, uh, let's just say I've been slowly going from a 1200 and I'm just barely above an 1100 at this point. I'm getting I, I, I haven't lost every game. A lot of games have been really close. However, I am definitely getting destroyed nonstop, and I don't, I, I mean, and when I say destroyed nonstop, I'm like playing a few games here and there, but it's not really boosting my confidence, I will say, <laughs> I will say, but I've been, I've played uh Johnny over here, Mr. Johnny Blunders, this is like our sixth yeah. or seventh game, and I think he's beating me every time. He's almost um, picking on you at this point. Yeah, I'm looking at like. this, this,
0: I think I saw another, I think yeah, one of the correct. only other games yeah. I saw was Johnny Blunder. So, you you know, okay, you can you can hold this endgame, and I'm not allowed to give you specific advice, and I'm sure Johnny Blunder will listen to the episode and be like, Danny, dude, but you have to find a way to coordinate your king and knight together. Like, if, if they get fully separated, uh, the chances of that pony making its way out of that forbidden forest, right? This is the Mirkwood Forest. Let's just say that no hobbit has ever made it mm-hmm. out of Shelob's grasp alive, Okay. Um, and I don't know where I just went with that reference, by the way, not sure why I have the Hobbit on the brain, but, um, but yeah, so you need to get that knight back up in the, uh, in the action that matters. So that's, that's the advice I'm going to give you for, um, for this, for this grind that you are currently experiencing against Johnny Blunder. It's a real grind against that guy.
1: You know, yeah, that being said, I am having a lot of fun. I think I need to start watching more chess and more analysis of games. I think- I'm not sure if chess.com has this of, of kind of, I know there's amateur hour that you do, um, with, uh, Urshel, but I should probably go through and watch all of those and see how you analyze it, but kind of more like tutorial, not it, you kind of introductory. Cause a lot of, I think when I'm watching you or watching other GMs, I mean, those are all amazing people. And I was actually watching, what was it last week when, um, our, our good, our good friend mm-hmm. Carl Magnuson C-M. was, um, uh, playing. Yep. Yep, C-Mag. <laughs> so C-Mag, like making up a nickname off of
0: an already false nickname, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So C-Mag, uh, when I watch him play, a lot of it's speed chess too. So everything is happening so fast, I just can't even. So I have a lot of the openings down. What I find myself getting into is a lot of pawn-on-pawn like stale, matey type. Like that. Like no, no one's exchanged anything. I think we talked about this in a previous episode. But you know, you get like you know five, seven, eight, ten moves in, and just the pawns are just like, hey guys, like uh, just nestling right. up with each other. Like, hey guys, how you so doing? What you need how to you doing over here, my friend? You know, c c seven pawns. Uh, I'm going to help hang you understand out? this. What you
0: need to experience in order to deal with these pawns situations better is some hardcore pornography. Okay, there is. A place where you can learn about hardcore pornography and it's in Danny Wrench's video library. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just totally, I totally okay. made that okay. up and that is freaking hilarious. I need to remember that hardcore pornography. Um, any hooters. So pornography <laughs> is a, um, a really, really important aspect of chess. I mean, honestly, uh, Nimzovich said pawns are the soul of, of the game. Uh, they are the backbone of every position you play. Mm-hmm. And I have an entire video series on Chess.com called Pawn Structure One Hundred and One. Now, sometimes when I talk about these sort of oh, wow. you know videos I have or the you know the features we have there. In like live chess shows, people are like, Oh, here comes Danny just doing some shameless plug. But with you that's not the case. You know why? Because you're already a diamond member. I'm not trying to sell you on it. You have everything that chess com has to offer at your fingertips. So for you, I'm literally just helping you get better. That's and true. I'm always just doing that, but people sometimes attribute the wrong motivations to my uh to my words, my the wrong intentions. But um no seriously, the Pawn Structure one on one series is a great series. Um there's also uh I feel like I've recommended some of this to you before, but we do have a lot of our really official tutorials are different than the live shows. And not to say that there aren't some educational gems within, like you said, within amateur hour or within like a live show experience where if you're really watching two people interact and you're a vicarious learner and and you're focused on, okay, I'm going to try to apply what these guys are talking about to my own chess. Then of course you can get better that way. But most people are not vicarious learners to that degree where you can really learn through somebody else's experience experience if you if you actually take the time to go through these video tutorials on your own and um and are like making notes and and kind of being like okay these are the more serious these are the premium videos i'm getting with my diamond membership i need to go into this i would highly recommend the pawn structure 101 series i actually um I can help you with that. Let me, let me send you some links. Of course, I can't help you with that. It's just like, we just, we do okay. so much. It's just like, sometimes it's like your chess is just something we're both enjoying watching you screw up, right? <laughs> so it's like, it's not a top priority for either one of us to really make you a Grandmaster. But if you're ready, right, to take that next step, I'm ready with you to
1: also stop watching you struggle in some of these moments. <laughs> okay I I mean I will say that I I gave I get I just gave chess.com my money and I'm just playing Normal free chess that <laughs> I, I could just I play for free,
0: which is why I, I, love I just it. want no. that badge. Yeah, you. Will. I want First that all, diamond. We, we love that you want that diamond, but no, let's let's help you get the most out of that diamond membership. I mean, I would love. I mean, in all seriousness, jokes aside, because we're because we're best buds. I mean, I can help you with a little bit of a study plan, and a little bit of a hey, dude. So do a little bit of this, and and it's it's of course easier to just have a bunch of games going, and it's also fun to just log in and play moves. But now that you've gotten your fill of that, your taste of that, it's time to take Johnny. Johnny blunder to ouchtown. You know what I'm saying? It's time to take time to take Johnny blunder to blunderville mm-hmm. and really let him feel the pain. So,
1: <laughs> I, you know, we don't, we don't call it coffee house blunders for no reason. Not only do I want to, yeah, to completely make them blunder, but I want to stop making blunders. There's nothing like, it's nothing like making a move and committing it, and then just like dropping your head in shame. <laughs> like as the chessboard, you know, because you yeah. you know what happens is you make the move, and then the chessboard like v- right. it like swipes and, down and the because screen because like, game like is the loading. next game's about to come Dude, up. You know, what's like, so no! funny about this. Yeah, you're like, no, no, what's go so away. funny about this
0: is that, and I hope you don't think that that's specific to your level of chess play. Like this is literally something that I experience, and I think I if you scroll through my chess related tweets, I tweet about lots of things that aren't chess, but i swear to god dude like a few months ago i had i had the exact same similar tweet there's nothing like pressing that orange submit move button and the moment you pressed it you're like no like you're just freaking out about you just literally blundered the game and you just you know you slam your head down and and there's nothing you can do to take it back so i i I know exactly what you mean
1: Well, are we are we gonna bust out a chessboard during Thanksgiving? Oh, we totally should. We 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 could do some lessons and
0: yeah, that would be a fun game. You and Nash, I think I think you'd beat him. I think you would, but I think it would be close. I think uh, I think it'd be fun. And Nash loves playing people that he might beat. That's kind of his thing. He likes winning
1: at stuff. So you know, go figure. Um, Me and your... Me and your 10 year old son on the same level. <laughs>
0: well, it's not a bad thing. Remember, like, I've lost to more chubby eight year old Asian kids than the rest of, you know, Western civilization combined. Okay. I mean, I lose to chubby, adorable kids for a living. I, I, they're, they're always better than me at everything. Um, I remember the first time I lost to several chubby, adorable pre 12 year old kids in a row. It was it was one of those moments, and of all na- of all nationalities and race, it was just like and like not that that matters. I'm just saying the one thing about chess that is great is it is such a global game because it sort of I mean it transcends age and race and gender and and languages because I mean you have these rooms and these in these over the board tournaments the experience is really interesting when you have nine year old girls playing seventy two year old men you know. And then you've got, you know, five-year-old kids playing 40, 44-year-old dudes, right? It's like that that moment where chess can really transcend all those things I said. Age, race, and gender is really kind of fun and cool. I think that's one of my favorite parts and one of the things I miss the most about the environment of a tournament. And we have that on chess.com, but it really is cool to remember that. Because where are you going to see – I mean, you don't even see Serena Williams, the best female tennis player of all time in space, probably will ever be, right? I and mean, she's she's never, she's never going to play like – a men tennis a man's uh a male tennis player in a singles match right maybe a doubles exhibition match and it's just so yeah. that is something that really yeah. is different in chess and and that's really cool is just to see that it's not a game that is segregated in in those ways so when i say i'm really proud to have lost to a, a chubby asian indian child i really mean that so uh you know i'm not even saying that for i, I really <laughs> am i really mean that so <laughs> uh but anyway let's uh let's talk about. Let's talk about. I want to talk a little bit about the computer chess championship, if that's okay. Because this is this is okay. different than right. you know what I'm mentioning about the different types of human beings that can face off on a chessboard, which is really cool and I think it's great. I, I like bringing my kids to tournaments, like I said, just for the culture of being around people who you know look and speak and act differently. But everybody's coming together over a single thing, which is a chess game. The computer chess championship is a bunch of non-human chess players who are the who are better oh, than yes. every human chess player, like, ever. This These are the, these engines. Are the engines. We're, we're hosting this event engines, this week, correct. and by the time this podcast comes out, the championship, the Super Final, will actually be going down on Thursday uh, morning. It's the, doing, I'm telling you, doing commentary for this event, dude, has just been so weird, because at moments I've really enjoyed the chess and what I've been learning, and other moments I've been like, like, what are we doing here? We're talking about two computers. With no personality, you know we're anthropomorphizing. Is that is that what it is? Anthropomorphizing, Anth- you know
1: what? that's when I you're project- so, But they do they they do have their own they do have their own personality. They're projected yeah, it, it's projecting personalities human, and human, avatars, human right?
0: characteristics right onto an inan- inanimate object. Isn't that anthropomorphizing? Something like that. I don't know. I dropped out of high school. Who knows? What? I don't know what that I'm talking seems, about. But let's correct. just say that I'm right about what anthropomorphizing is, and it's the projection of human characteristics. And I, you know, you're talking about them like he, you know, he's thinking this, and he's going to do that. And you're like, wait, he's not. He doesn't think anything, right? And 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 it's not even a he or a she, right?
1: Yeah. And
0: and some of the moments in these computer chess championship games, I'm doing the commentary with my boy Bobby Hess, who's um his name is Robert Hess. He hates when I call him Bobby, but Grandmaster Robert Hess. Is an American grandmaster who lives in Manhattan. He and I have done a lot of uh, big chess events together, but it, it's really been a weird experience. And I think if you're somebody who's interested in machine learning at all, I mean, there's a lot of people that, that have been obsessed with the, you know, the AlphaGo computer, right? And, and the investment there. And I think that Go has gotten a lot of attention mainly because it attracted sort of the resources of Google to decide, hey, we're going to make an engine, a computer that can actually beat the best human Go players, right? Um, um, it's just really interesting to see the machines, and they also learn from game to game. The whole thing is just like, I'm a little bit weirded out by the whole thing. I, I'm waiting for Skynet to become self-aware, and for the missiles to be launched, and for John Connor to rise. I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat of when of when this all becomes a reality, you know?
1: Well, I I will say, I think that, you know, AI and machine learning are really super hot topics right now. You'll hear Google, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft. We all talk about it. And in fact, Frank and I on merge conflict, we've, we've talked about machine learning a whole plethora about and and doing a lot of image recognition, but a whole bunch of stuff. And even talking about, yeah, how every single, every single game that gets played, imagine if you took all of the chess.com games ever and you just and you continuously feed them in and you can do it ideally you'd be playing how one player plays so if you well here's a good example if you wanted to beat our friend carl you could essentially start to create a machine learning algorithm that would have the inputs of our all of carl's moves and then you'd have to do some analysis of OK, when you know, this move and that move versus competitors, right? Because right. right, every competitor is doing a little bit different. But you'd have to – the the algorithm would have to sort of try to be in the mind and out – be better than the mind of, of Magnus Carlson. But it could continuously learn. And then if the computer plays Carl uh, – sorry, Magnus, <laughs> well, Magnus Carlsen. Honestly, I'm forgetting to, what his real Carl, name is at this point. So C-Mag. CMag, there we go. Yeah, now I know who you're talking about. CMAG, CMAG, if you will, um, you know, it, it could it could essentially apply everything that it's learned about every single other game. And that's the difference is you're saying, well, doesn't, you know, an NFL coach or a basketball coach analyze the competitors and do all this stuff I'm like they do. But it's not like they can't create that algorithm and have that that algorithm crunching in your head. And in fact, when I watched the documentary Magnus, it was almost as if Magnus almost has a little machine learning algorithm analyzing the board and all the positions and all the moves in real time. And that's how they pictured it in a way. But uh you know, mm-hmm. it's very interesting, especially if the, the engines are playing against each other and they can just, you can just have that set up and play it all the time. And the question is how much processing power is it going to take to run those? Because the engine is analyzing another engine yep. in real time. And then if it's, doing its machine learning algorithm, then there needs to be some computational data that's it, 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 well, the going on. Really I don't, weird don't know how it's set It up, becomes right? hard there has to, to
0: be. draw the lines between what they're doing just based on, it's like informative informative learning, right? Someone explains this is the right answer to something. You commit that answer to memory. The next time you're faced with that exact exact situation, you apply that answer, right? So my wife and I talk about this a lot with education. So there's informative learning and there are those that can remember you know, this is the right answer to this question very, very well. And then, but then there's, when when all of that data you're talking about becomes so, so deep and the computer's, the engine's ability that you sort of help tweak as a human, like here's how you want to assess this. When all of that starts to become predictive, it's no longer just informative learning. It's like transformative, right? Because now what you're in is is you see these engines using data, which is just information. It's just the informative learning process of here's a bunch of information, here's things that happened, and here's what the right answer was. But now they're able to predict what the right assessment or what the right approach would be to something they haven't even been faced with yet right and so it becomes a predictive module for something in the future and it's really interesting and this is where machine learning becomes like the AI conspiracy that eventually I feel like all of those end of the world movies from the Matrix to you know the Terminator whatever they all have a similar thing in process which is that the engines at some point made a decision a predictive assessment based on the information and way to evaluate that information that we gave them that says the best option from here on out is to do something that's like this right catastrophic or something for humankind and it's a weird thing because you already see it in chess where like the amount of information they have has made them so much better at predicting the outcome they're, they're approaching chess in ways that humans don't even approach it like, they don't even approach it in the same way. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, and, and, and yet I'm able to look at their games and still be fascinated and learn from how they're approaching it differently. Like, it's not beyond my level of understanding once it happens. It's beyond my level of understanding before it happens. Like, you can't think the way the engines do. But once it happens, you're like, oh my God, like, that was a, an amazing idea. Right. So they're not exactly speaking another language yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're just arriving at the answer through like a different means. It's a very, it's a very fascinating thing. I, I, um, so anyway, I just wanted to share that because it's, it's, it's interesting. One of the things that's most fascinating by it, I'll tell you this, is that we're getting thousands of viewers for this thing. I've been shocked because I felt like I was not sure. <laughs> I was not sold that this event would be a hit. I mean, I know Magnus versus Hikaru is a hit. Because human beings still love that. We throw these guys on a webcam, get Magnus to shove some Cheetos in his face while he's playing Blitz, and Bob's your uncle, right? We win the <laughs> internet for that day, right? We, we crush it, uh, unless you're the Hearthstone World Championship Um but but people have loved this event, dude. Like people are tuning in to watch computers play computers and me and Robert basically, you know, with our thumbs in the air looking for a free ride
1: for somebody to help us
0: understand this. Like we have no freaking idea what we're doing and and people still <laughs> love it. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go watch some of these videos. I'm excited. And I think it's a good takeaway of, of it to think about like how these engines can work and how just, I mean, machine learning and AI is like a whole other conundrum. And I'll, I'll link to a few podcasts that Frank and I have done for sure. But, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to go watch this. Cause I think. How the engines work. I can try to sit. I can pause and kind of walk through and say, "Oh, why did the engine do that? Why did the engine do this?" Right, and then not be but distracted by uh, Nakamura and and, and Carlson. So, and and, and what they're eating, or you, Danny Wrench. I get distracted by you eating. They're eating things on camera, and people are always like, "You know,
0: what's Magnus? What's the music Magnus is listening to?" So, anyway, well, that's a fun. It's a fun thing to end on. But go ahead. What is is Magnus listening to? He's told me he's a big Taylor Swift fan, so he's admitted that t-swift t-swift i wonder if he's got her new album whatever it's called it's called litigation or something or Mal- malfutation or i think it's reputation i don't freaking know um anyway uh yeah magnus listens to some t-swift um he, he's said that before i was
1: i was imagining he would listen to like a babbling brook. Or, um, you know, a first right. snowfall. <laughs> uh, I just l- imagine him listening
0: to Elsa's Let It Go on repeat, given that that movie was clearly based in Norway. <laughs> just Norwegian.
1: <laughs> uh, so most, most likely. Well, just like that, we're going to definitely have to we're let, gonna let it go. We're
0: going to make like Elsa For and we're going to let it go. You're going to go drink something that calms you down from the coffee you've been jacked on. And I'm going to go have a drink with the wifey and uh, hit the bed. Hit the bed.
1: All right, well. Well, thanks, buddy, so much, Talshana. I appreciate you uh, allow- allowing you to sneak away for an hour and and uh, and, and spend it with okay. me and our listeners. So, so uh, I'm excited to yep. uh, see you soon, buddy. Love but you. I'll talk to you see next you. week. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye.